Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Now let's listen in with Pastor Jay Petty. Talking about grace. The more I study, the more God reveals to me about grace. It is essential for our walk with God. We can't do this without grace. Grace means the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection through life, through the light. So what it means is that grace is the influence of God in us. And it reigns, it's supposed to be reigning as the king or the monarch in our lives. Why? Because that's what God is working to. I can give you a little backstory to all of it. Is that in the Old Testament, everything was based upon law. And what I mean by that, the only way that you could be righteous in any standing was called, it was a self-righteousness. But you had to obey the law. And I mean, you had to obey all the law. Jesus said not one dot or period was going to, you know, until, until things were fulfilled. And, and he was the fulfillment of it. So, the thing was is that you couldn't break the law in any place because if you broke it in any place, you were deemed unrighteous. And then you had to go through the process of sacrificing innocent animals and sprinkling of blood in order to, to have forgiveness and to find forgiveness from God. Now, the law was instituted for a reason. It was given to reveal sin and utterly how sinful sin is. It showed us what sin was. So uh, without knowing what sin is, we wouldn't know that we needed something else to help us or to find, uh, to give us life. So the thing is, is that sin reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Christ. Even with the law, when it came, man still died. He still, he was still separated from God. And so, we're coming into a new covenant, a new beginning, that God wanted to give us something that was more powerful than the law of sin and death. Everyone who tried to ever live up under the law, and what I'm, I want you to see hear this, failed. And today, if you try to live up under the law, you go, you, you've fallen from grace. There's no grace in your life. There's no power of grace in your life. And so... To live uh, in this promised new covenant of God, the only way you can live in it is by grace. It's a favor of God. It's, it, is a, it is the divine influence of God upon your heart or upon your spirit, man, where God is able to communicate with you and influence you to do the things that he wants you to do and to live your life the way he and. He wants you to, and at the same time, give you the power to live that way. In other words, you're not dependent upon yourself anymore to accomplish it. You're dependent upon God to do it in you and through you. So we're going to begin in Romans 3.22. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified by grace 
want you to hear that. Being justified by grace through redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So being justified freely, what that means is that God acquitted you freely by his grace, through his grace. And, and through that, the redemptive price of his son's blood paid for the sin of mankind. Now, what we're talking about here is the sin nature. We're not talking about the sins that people do. We're talking about the nature of sin. When man fell in the garden, he took on the nature of sin. He lost the nature of God, and he took on the nature of sin. So his whole life, he lived, and, and sin reigned in him through the desires of his flesh. You know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. Man lived that way. He, did, he had no other way to live. He knew no other way to live. And God instituted the law to give them some kind of variance so that they could understand that there was a, a way that man was supposed to live, but he couldn't live that way. Romans 14, 16 says, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise may be sure to all the seed, not only to those of the law, but those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So we begin to get this word. <clears throat> and that word is the word of grace, that, that it, everything he's saying here has to be according to grace. Your faith is going to work through the grace of God. And that's amazing, because as I go on with this, you'll begin to understand where I'm taking you this morning, to an understanding of what that means. See, so it is grace working. Faith is working through grace. Isn't that amazing? And that, and that uh, his grace is working through redemption, and he, and he justifies us by his grace, that, that he, he, he's doing this all because he loves us. John said it this morning, because he loves us, because we are his creation, and God deemed us and wanted us to be sons and daughters that belong to him. Romans 5.2, it says, through whom we also have access by faith into grace in which we now stand. By faith, we're standing in this grace. Now, I want you to see that. That, that. that has to be the reigning factor here, is that we're going to begin to live and stand and walk and think grace. And what's going to motivate that is the faith that we have in God, the faith in God's word, the faith in that what God has promised us through his word, so that we can stand in this place and live a life that is truly a life that is a benefactor of righteousness. I hope you understand that you have no righteousness on your own. And any act of righteousness that you try to produce is not a righteousness of God. It's a self-righteousness of one's own self. It's your flesh trying to find approval with God. When you hear somebody say, well, I'm a good person, that's self-righteousness, self-promotion. God didn't want us, he wanted us to understand that this work is a, his work, is a part of his work for us. Faith, 
Remember that. Faith in the promise of God's word. So in Romans 5, 15 through 21, it says this. But the three, but the free gift, see my tooth, my tongue's going through that tooth again. It really messes me up. I can't talk without it. Uh, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense, many died. That's the sin nature. Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounding to many. So here it is. Adam fell, we all fell in sin. Man is born into that nature. It doesn't go away except in Christ Jesus. Now, the the second man brings grace. And it is that gift of grace that God has given us that causes us to live in that place above sin. Now, I know you're going to think about this for a minute. How many of you know that you can live above sin? How many of you know that you don't have to walk in it and live in it? How many of you know that, that, that you have the power to live in a different place than you've ever lived before? You do. You really do. The problem is there's two things. One is that we have to get our mind in agreement with truth, and we have to begin to walk in the truth of what God has provided for us. Now, grace... Grace is the opposite of sin. It is, but I'll get to that. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment came from from one offense resulting in condemnation. So everybody who was born in sin is condemned. Condemned in separation from God eternally. That's just the way it is. It's not what God had chosen, but it's the it is the it is what man had chosen in the garden. That when he disobeyed God, every man fell in sin. Every man received the spirit of condemnation on his life, a spirit of judgment of death. Because that's the that and the end in the end that is the result of all of it was separation from God and physical death. Right from God. But it says, but the free gift came, which came uh, from many offenses result, uh, resulted in justification. So here it's grace. Grace is working. And what it says is that God is justifying our, our lives through grace, through the blood. Now you've got to see it for what it is. See, but the free gift... The gift of righteousness is not that which uh, not I, I can't read too well. Everything's running together. It's not the like which came through the one who sinned. The judgment which uh, for that judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many resulted in justification. For by the one man's offense death reigned. Through that one, moreover, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness 
will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Much more the ones who receive the abundance of grace. Life has changed. Right there is where life changed. You stepped out of an unrighteous life into a righteous life simply by the grace of God. This morning I want to tell you something. Righteousness is a gift. It's a gift that comes from God to you and me. And what it simply means is that we have a right standing with God. We can come into His presence. We can talk to Him. We can pray. We can fill His presence. We can receive anything that He has from us. He's able to uh, fill up our lives with the, the, with the blessedness of the inherited rights of the saints. Simply because of one thing that he did, he gave us the gift of righteousness through his son. And that gift of righteousness comes because of his grace that he poured out to you and me. So that when we come and, that, and, and acknowledge that one fact, that Jesus purchased our sin and redeemed us from the curse of sin. All of a sudden, we made this transition from this life into this life. And you know what? It's, what's hard for us is to get our head around it because all our lives, we've lived in this other place. We live by what ruled our flesh. We live by this whole concept. And all of a sudden, God says, hey, you're free now. You've been redeemed from that now. You're the righteousness of God now. My grace is the abundance in your life now. And then we start struggling. Isn't it amazing how we struggle with sin? And how much we struggle with our flesh? What? The, the flesh struggles against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh? The spirit is your heart. That's your spirit, man. It's not God's Holy Spirit. And it's all because we don't realize that God changed our address. And in that address change, he put us in a new house. And that new house says that we're sanctified, we're righteous, we're holy. Simply because of our faith in what his son did for us. We sing that song into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come. In today, in to stay. So all of a sudden, God's Holy Spirit makes his home in you. And all of a sudden, he makes your spirit righteous. And it's funny, it's not our spirit man that we wrestle with. It's our soul man. It's our mind. It's our will. It's our emotion. It's our flesh. It's what our flesh wants. But the power of grace supersedes the power of sin. It supersedes, and it gives you more power and the ability to live and walk than what God has provided for you. You don't even have to do anything but believe and live and walk and grow and develop the character of God in your life. That's it. It's really simple. 
We make it so hard. We make it religious. We make it all the things we got to do. We make it all the things that it's not. Instead of just trusting and believing what the Word of God tells us is true. We wrestle too much with all of it. For the 17th verse, For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Reign in life through, through the one Jesus Christ. Reign. This grace is going to start reigning. In other words, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to reign in us. You know what rain means, right? We don't understand it so much, but it's like if you were in another country and you had a king, the king reigns over the nation. Now the nation that he's reigning over is the nation of your heart. God wants to reign in you. That's all he ever wanted was to reign in you. And, he, and he's going to reign in you in a, in a way that, that produces the power of God to accomplish what needs to happen in our lives. All we have to do is begin to live in agreement with it. 18th verse, Therefore, as one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, the one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in a justified life. And simply means what this? There's nothing against you. When the devil comes to you and he knocks on your door and he says this and he says that, you know what you tell him? I've been justified. I'm free. I'm free of you and I'm free of your sin and I'm free of whatever it is. You have nothing here. See, he has nothing with you. And the only thing he's ever had with you is what you give him. The truth makes you free. But deception will hold you in bondage. So you've been freed. As by the one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. We're the righteousness of God. Say it. I'm righteous. Say it. I'm righteous. Say it. I'm righteous. I've been made righteous. By the blood of Jesus, I'm free to live free of sin or anything that the devil tries to make me believe that's not true. Wow. See, it's supposed to be liberating. This whole thing's supposed to be liberating. It's supposed to set us free. We just don't sometimes get it. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Why? God says, here, I'm going to show you what sin really is. So he laid down the law, and, you know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not have fornication, thou shalt not have any other gods before me, thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt. And, and all our lives is that we have all these things running in our lives, right? Don't tell me you never thought about committing an act of something you were supposed to. You ever thought about stealing? 
Never passed your mind not one time when you're walking by something? Not even for a moment? You're lucky. Because I, I, I think the nature of, of the flesh wants that stuff. No matter what anybody says, it wants what it wants. Right? That's how the enemy gets us. God works from the inside out. The enemy works from the outside in. God's trying to influence the heart to move us into a, a, a greater state and a greater righteousness in him, and the flesh is trying to motivate us to walk in the depth of sin. Anybody ever had a habit in here that you couldn't get rid of? Where does that come from? From the flesh. You get started and you just want more and more of it. Why? Because it gratifies the flesh. It feels good to the flesh. It feels good. But the truth is, when we begin to understand what Jesus did for us at the cross, we begin to understand that God freed us from all of those things. And he acquitted us of it. So the enemy has nothing with us. He has no way to come back to us and say, look, this, I got this over you. Even though he may try, all you got to do is say, wait, wait a minute. Look who I got. I got Jesus, so I got righteousness. I got Jesus, so I got grace. I got Jesus, so I'm walking free of you. I'm free of you, so get out of my face. We're sin abound. Grace abounds much more. Super abundantly more. So all our lives we've been ruled by, by sin. We did what sin told us to do. Whether we knew the law or not, we still did it. Because we operated by the gratification of our desires. We did things we knew were wrong. Right? Am I, am I reaching you yet? We did things that were wrong, right? We wanted to do things that were wrong, right? Anybody ever disobey your parents? <laughs> hey, well, let me ask you another question. You ever had a grand, you ever have a kid or grandchildren that did everything you wanted them to do? Oh no! See that you can see it ruling already, man. It rules from the time we're born. It says, "I want what I want. I want to live where I want to live, and I want to get what I want to get." When we come into this relationship with Jesus, the thing is that we have to develop. We have to develop what God has given us. We have to develop the walk, because if we don't, the nature of our flesh wants to tell us and dictate to us what we're going to do. You don't tell me as Christians, your flesh doesn't tell you to do stuff that you know is not good for you. Don't tell me it doesn't. But the thing that we have not understood was that we have a new reigning king in us. And the reign that was in us is no longer there. The old man is dead, long live the new creature. That sinful nature, Jesus put an end to. And here's what it's saying. Where sin abound, 
Grace abounds much more. It's more powerful. It does, grace was never given. I'm going to say this again. Grace was never given to us to sin and get away with it. I bet you thought it was. That was never the intent of grace. Grace was to give us the power to live above sin, to be influenced by God, to move in the things of righteousness. Now I'm going to show you at the, the next part of this. It says, as sin, as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What does that mean? Reign. It means the monarch. It means the king, that, that, that grace would reign through grace. What, what is grace? Well, I mean, through righteousness. What, what is righteousness? God is a righteous God. And what he wants is his righteous character in our lives. And what is the one righteous character of God? Love. So God reigns in love, which is righteousness before him. So God is going to lead us by this king to love one another to forgive one another, to walk in a place where we live in peace and join to God and join to one another because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. The problem is we don't see that. We don't see that grace reigning through develops the righteous character of God in our life. Because why? Because God is a righteous God. What is his demand? That we live righteously. But we cannot do that in our own strength and power. We need God to influence us divinely to walk, to walk in grace so that the reflective character of God reflects through our life. You begin to understand this, that it's more than enough. God gives us more than enough power, more than enough ability, more than enough to live in this place that he's asking us to live in. He's trying to say that you don't have to go back to the, per to the swine and wallow in the mud anymore. You don't have to live on that side of the street anymore. I've changed your address. I've given you a new life. I've given you a whole new change. And I've given you the power, the power through my grace to live a life that is truly righteous in my presence. The blood cleanses and it washes and it justifies and it makes one righteous. But holiness comes as we walk it out in a day-to-day -day life. It's like this. You go and you're praying. And you say, God, give me your grace today. Lord, influence me in my heart every step that I take today. Lord, let your righteousness reign in me through grace. Lord, give me the power. Give me the power to develop the gift that you've given me, that gift of righteousness. See, get, the righteousness is a gift. And with the gift, God, and everything that goes with that gift. So when God, when God looks at you, he says, 
and, and he's dealing with you and he's, he's speaking to you. He's saying, embrace, embrace my, what I've done for you through my word. What sets you free? Come on. What is it? I can't hear you. What sets you free? So if truth sets us free, the truth of God's word is the one thing we must embrace. Why? Because that word, uh, I don't want to say enforces, but it upholds the work that's already done in us. Look, you're not going to be a perfect individual just because you came to Jesus. You're a babe in Christ. You got to eat. You got to drink the milk. In other words, someone has to feed you the word in the beginning. But sooner or later, you grow enough to begin to open the word of God and allow God's spirit to speak to you as you and feed you as you read the word of God, as he begins to minister to you through the power of his spirit. But all of that is about one thing. It's about growing in the grace of God. Do you know that God's grace is seeable in your life? I'm going to ask you a question. Do people see God's grace in you? Wow, what is that? The abounding, superabounding love of God? The superabounding patience and kindness and goodness? How about the superabounding faith? You want to walk by faith? You want to walk on water? Then grace has got to be present for that to happen. It doesn't work any other way. This is nothing that you can obtain. You can just reinforce it by the truth of God's word. And as the more truth that you implant into your life, the freer you become. But this truth right here should liberate you to the understanding that grace wants to reign in all of your righteousness, in all the acts of righteousness in your life. I know I'm taking you on a different place than you've been before. But God gets to tell us how to do it when he's ready. Nobody taught me this stuff. I'm telling you right now, this doesn't come from man. This comes from God because this is what God is revealing to me in this hour. I didn't read this in a book other than the Bible. And I've read these scriptures I don't know how many times. I don't know how many times I've looked at it. I don't remember how many times I've preached it. But every time God takes the revelation deeper, it's revelational knowledge. That's what you want for. You want the rhema word to influence your life. You want God to speak in you, to lead you. That's what you want. But you've got to understand that God's leading is always going to go into acts of righteousness for his name's sake. He's going to lead you to these places to let go of some things and take a hold of other things so that your life is being transformed daily into the image of his son. That's the only place there's true freedom anyway. There isn't any other freedom. In John 1, 16 and 17, it says, And his fullness we have all received. And grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So here's the beginning. In the Old Testament, there, it wasn't about truth. 
I know as much as you guys want to believe it, it wasn't. It was about the law. It was about obedience to the law. Strictly, period, end of story. You either did it or you didn't. And if you didn't do it, you're a sinner. When Jesus came, he began to change the way that we are to walk and to believe. And the first thing he brings is truth because the truth makes you free. But also he brought grace so that grace could reign in our life as the monarch, as we walk it out every day in our lives. How many of you know that God wants you to love with all the love that he has? Do you? You're doing it on your own, or are you letting grace do it for you? That's really what it comes down to. Do you have peace in your life? See, are you trying to get there, or is he doing it for you? Is grace reigning in your peace? Is grace reigning in your joy? How many of you ever tried to be joyful, and you didn't feel like it? Don't work too well. But when grace reigns in joy, what happens is you have joy. And it's a righteous joy that comes from God. I could go on with all of what I'm saying, and I could talk about each one of these things individually. But the truth is, all of this came with Jesus. He changed the covenant. He changed the way we were going to live. He changed the way we were going to walk before God. Sons and daughters, adopted, family. All these things indicate that God changed everything about the way we were going to live with him and walk with him. He never meant his church to get bound up in religion or legalism or any of the other nonsense that he gets bound up in. He wanted one thing for, for all of us, that he would reign and rule through our hearts, that it would be a one-on-one -on -one intimate relationship between us and him, and that as he persuaded us and influenced us, we would move with that influence, and it would be reflected through our lives, and it would be seeable, no matter what it would be. It would be seeable in the actions that would, we would take and do. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Be a whole different way to live, wouldn't it? Be a whole different way to live our lives. Just to live it in the realm that God intended for us to live it in. That's what Paul is trying to explain. I know Paul sometimes is hard to understand, but that's what he's trying to explain. That God had a different way of doing everything. It wasn't just about being saved and going to heaven. He wanted heaven to come to earth and live in us. And that when we die, we just make this wonderful transition from this life to the next. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God brings salvation. Listen very carefully what it says. The grace of God brings salvation. Has appeared to all men. Grace, here it is, grace teaching us that denying ungodliness. Grace is going to oppose an ungodly walk. No, 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 no. 
No, 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 no. Don't you do it. Don't you walk there. Don't you live there. You're going to fill it. You're going to fill it in your heart. Don't you dare do that. And worldly lust. Wow. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. The flesh is evident. Read it in Galatians 5. That's worldly lust. Quit lusting after stuff that you can't have. Quit wanting stuff that someone else has. Quit going after things that are not yours. All it does is rob you of your peace and it robs you of God's grace working in you the way it needs to work. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. How are you going to live there if you're not listening to what God's grace is speaking into your heart? The law influenced mankind. Thou shalt not. And it was supposed to be the influence so someone would live a righteous life. But it failed miserably because of the weakness of our flesh. The flesh can't do it. You can't will yourself to do this. It wasn't meant to be done from the soul or from our flesh. It was meant to come out of our spirit. It was meant to drive us by the spirit that we would live a certain kind of life. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our God, Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. So you see, the whole end of, that's the whole end of this grace working in your life. That is the end of it. That's what it's supposed to be producing in us. That's what it's supposed to be leading us to that place, developing in our lives this, this whole concept that, that we would walk away free and never live in that place again. And that we would be the people of God, the sheep of his pastor, a special people, zealous, zealous for God. Changes the whole picture. Because that's the end result of grace. You beat yourself up every time you fall short. You cry to God and say, God, please forgive me. I will never do that again. But that's you. That's not God's way. Hebrews 4, 14. Sending, seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but with all points tempted as we are without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we might obtain grace and mercy to help in the time of need. See, it all goes right back to him. We're struggling. Jesus has already walked this walk. He already knows everything that we're going to face in every way. He knows every struggle that we'll have against our flesh and against in this life. God, he already knows. He's not telling you that you have to do this on your own. He's not telling you that, 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 that you have to overcome this. We overcome him by the testimony of our mouth and by the blood of the Lamb. That's how we overcome all of it. But the point is, is that in this case, God is a, he says, my throne room, my throne room is a throne room of grace. That's, that's what it's filled full of, grace. And it's filled full of my mercy for you. You don't have to do this alone. When you're in this place and you're struggling, come to me boldly. Come before me boldly. Talk to me. I want to help you. I want to help you. I want to provide the grace that you're going to need to walk it out and to walk through it. In other words, Lord, influence me. Lord, influence me to do what your will is. Lord, influence me. Let your, let your grace reign in me in this circumstance and when I'm walking it. God, show me how to walk and live out that life in a way that is pleasing to you. And what I'm saying to you this morning is that's the way it works. It doesn't work any other way. I'm going to ask you a question. Aren't you tired of struggling? Doesn't it get old feeling that you never accomplish what you want? And what I mean by that, the things that, 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 that trouble your heart, the things that are holding on to you, the things that keep pulling at you, you can't never seem to shake because it wasn't meant for you to shake. It was meant for him to shake it for your life. Jesus is our Savior. He is our Deliverer. He is our sanctification. He is our righteousness. He is our wisdom. He is our justification. He is everything to the believer. He is the one who has the power to help us to live and to walk out the life that he's asking us to live. He's not telling you you have to do this on your own. He's saying, help me, let me help you. He's given us the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the one who is called alongside to assist and to accomplish it in us. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is. He's to do it in us, to put it into the flesh so that we live victoriously in the power of God. And that changes the whole picture of how we walk with him because it takes it off of us 
and it puts it where it's supposed to be on him. It's on him. It's on him. It's on him. Until you understand that it, it is his work, and you can add not one thing to it. It's complete. It's finished. It's forever done. All we need to do is get our mind and our lives in order with the truth of what God wants us to walk in. Remember this, there is no grace in you doing it for yourself. There's no grace there. And the only time you're going to see the grace and feel the grace and know the power of grace is when you come into this relationship and you allow grace to reign in you as the monarch of God in your hearts. Once you do that, once you do that, and you begin to develop it. See, you have to develop grace just like anything else. Once you develop it, you're going to start living there. And once you start living there, you're going to find so many things are so easy to walk it out. Things that used to bother you are just going to blow off. You're going to say, I don't need to live there no more. That's the point this morning. I didn't even get this message till last night or yesterday. Sometimes God just doesn't give it to me until until then. But that's grace. See, the God was teaching me something about him. It has to be his influence in me to preach what he wants. That's, that's the whole story, what I'm trying to say. That is the righteousness that reigns. It's when we're doing it God's way, not our way. So I'll stand up. I just want you to take a moment or two. Think about yourself for a moment. Where have you been living? Where have you been living? And how satisfied are you with the place you've been living in? And here. This morning, God overwhelmed me with worship. I kept crying and crying and crying. And the reason is, is because I kept thinking, God, let your grace reign in me. God, let your grace reign in me. God, let your grace reign in me. Where do you want to live? Honestly, where do you want to live? You tired of the struggle? If you're struggling in your relationship with God, I can almost tell you something. You're living in the wrong place. We should be full of 
joy and happiness and zeal and excitement and full of God and full of everything. We should just be, we should be on fire. Because God is doing it in us and through us and he's filling us with his glory and his power and he's, he just, we're just excited about God. You remember how it used to be when you first got saved? What happened to it? What happened to that joy, that zeal, that fire? Pray with me, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, help me to develop your grace in my life. Lord, I need your grace to reign through righteousness to eternal life through your Son, Jesus. Lord, it's not something I can do. It's something you have to reveal in me. Teach me. Show me. Help me, Lord. I am at your throne this morning, Lord. And I'm asking for your grace to show me how to live my life. What do you want of me? So, Lord, I come before you this morning to ask you to empower me in your grace and in your love. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.